Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, this month, my wife and I are celebrating our 12th wedding anniversary, so I was looking at some pictures uh, from our wedding from 12 years ago, and I how good I look in that tuxedo from Leon Tailoring. Not just me, but all my groomsmen as well. And so if you got a big formal event or a wedding this fall, or maybe wedding next spring, think about our good friends over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy would be happy to see you and happy to make you look as good today as I did 12 years ago. Well... It'll almost look as good as me as 12 years ago. I'm just kidding. So we're going to buy Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you. 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Good morning, and thank you for being here on today. Indiana is in the race to the bottom. And Republican politicians the last couple weeks proved to voters there is absolutely nothing they will prevent, that will prevent them from forcing through legislation like Senate Bill 1. Let's just state the obvious here. Senate Bill 1 is a total abortion ban on our state, the Hoosier state. I say this for this reason. About 95% of abortions will be stopped after this extreme law will go into effect. This means mothers who made up about 63% of abortions last year will be forced to have another child, even if their family cannot afford or did not plan to have more children. Senate Bill 1 will no doubt increase financial burdens on Hoosier families. And the so-called Senate Bill 2 is nothing but a bare minimum investment to state system, to a state system that was already severely underfunded. Indiana Republicans threw pocket money at Family Social Services in order to hide from the fact that this special session was more about coddling an, an extremist identity than creating a better future for all Hoosiers. This legislation will disproportionately harm Hoosier women of color like myself. I say that because 45.3% of abortions that occurred last year and let me say that again, be very clear. 45.3% of abortions that occurred last year came from black and brown women in our state. Senate Bill 1 targets communities that are paid less and have to work harder to make ends meet. And no, a $200 one-off check will not help these families, especially if they are asked to take on additional financial burdens of another child will bring them. My friend and candidate for Indiana, Indiana House District 32, the Honorable Victoria Garcia Wilburn, can share this more in detail with you. She'll highlight how her opponent is doing everything possible including deleting sections of his campaign website to hide his extremist views on abortion. Now we will hear from Victoria. Thank you. Do you? 
Thank you, Myla. I'm humbled to stand alongside all of you today. My name is Victoria Garcia Wilburn, and I am the Democratic candidate for the new House District 32, which represents portions of Carmel, Fishers, and Northern Indianapolis. This last week, like so many other Hoosiers, I followed the special session closely. I listened to testimony upon testimony, and the overwhelming majority of which opposed the passage of Senate Bill 1. From the Republican supermajority, I heard responses that were void of compassion, empathy, and science. And immediately following the governor's signature, we heard from two of the state's top employers, Eli Lilly and Company and Cummins, speaking out against the bill and indicating that it will cause them to grow outside of our state. My opponent, Fred Glenn, has received endorsements from far-right organizations like Hoosier Family Action that championed the passage of Senate Bill 1 and have signaled that this is only the beginning of their assault on women's reproductive rights in our state. They and organizations like them are seeking to ban in vitro fertilization, access to contraception, and access to surrogacy, all of which are vital components of women's health and family planning. My opponent knows these views are too extreme for House District 32. As stated, he shamelessly deleted abortion views from his website days after the Dobbs decision was announced. These views are too extreme, not based in science, and jeopardize the health and safety of Hoosiers. As a healthcare provider, I know all too well that our state is operating from a deficit when it comes to helping families, when it comes to caring for pregnant women, when it comes to providing health care to our infants, when it comes to offering enriching childcare opportunities across our state, we are nowhere near prepared to handle the onslaught of societal harms and tragic health outcomes that will be the result of Senate Bill 1. Our state's progress and economy are dependent on the quality of life of our residents, and the quality of life we are offering is diminishing daily. We must restore balance to our state house and elect candidates who care about the well-being of us all and not interests of the extreme few. This is why Democrats like me will support policies that promote women's health and expand safe reproductive health services, including abortion, across our state. We must trust women to make the best decision about their health care. Our next speaker, Jocelyn Bear, is also running for the State House, seeking a Senate seat. We are pro-choice leaders who are ready to put a stop to the GOP's government overreach. Good morning. My name is Jocelyn Bear. I'm an at-large member of the City Council in Fishers. I am the first Democrat elected by the city of Fishers a few years ago. Now I'm running for State Senate. 
District 31 is all of Fishers and Geist and parts of Northeast Indianapolis and Noblesville. I know my district and I know our community. I know Hoosiers and I know Hoosier women. I serve them. I listen to them, every voice, every vote. In this house, a supermajority rules Indiana. Therefore, they are solely responsible for all bad legislation that is concocted here. Hoosiers, Hoosiers, we are here today because we are dismayed by the supermajority's new abortion ban that controls and humiliates women across the state. When the Supreme Court bestowed upon this house a new authority over women, the supermajority had a choice to make. They could have been disciplined. They could have been respectful of the power that they had been gifted. They could have taken time to be considerate, listen, and learn, but no. The supermajority irresponsibly chose to rush. They selfishly chose to work behind closed doors, and they chose to ignore the recommendation and testimony of women, of healthcare professionals, of experts, and of Democratic members. The supermajority made their choice, and their choice was a near total ban on abortions in Indiana. Now, Hoosiers have a choice. Election day is almost three months away, and here's the thing about supermajorities, they are temporary. Every voice, every vote. Hoosiers, let me tell you about your choices now. You can give up and check out. You can leave the state. You can ignore your chance to have your voice. But what I've heard from you in the past three days is that's not what you're going to do. You are going to stay and fight and vote on November 8th. Every voice, every vote. Let me tell you about your choices on election day. You can authorize the supermajority to continue or you can choose Democrats. The Democrats are the only ones who can challenge the supermajority and reestablish balance to our state. The Democrats, like my friends standing with me here today, they are the ones who listen to Hoosiers and fight for them. Democrats want to serve you, not yourselves. Hoosiers, you do not have to be a Democrat to vote for Democrats. You just need to believe that Indiana can be a better place if our lawmakers listen to the voices of voters. Without more Democrats here in the State House, the supermajority will choose to ignore you. My fellow Hoosiers, my fellow Hoosier women, I will listen to you and I will serve you in the people's house right here as your state, state senator. I will work to repeal Indiana's harmful abortion ban. I will fight to reclaim women's reproductive rights. Our state's current abortion law allows abortion up to 20 weeks currently for just a few more days. I will fight to return this law back to Hoosier women, and I trust and support women 
to make choices for themselves. Nothing, nothing less will do. So my name is Jocelyn Bear. I am running to represent every voice and I am representing, I am running to earn every vote. Thank you. And now I would like to turn it to my friend, Jessica McClellan. She is our Democratic candidate for state treasurer. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jessica McClellan. I'm the Democratic candidate for state treasurer. And thank you, Jocelyn, for your words. We look forward to having you in the Senate. As these women have shared with us today, Indiana Republicans have made their bed, and it's now on voters to make them lie in it. Experts warned Republicans about the impacts of the extreme Senate Bill 1. And now Hoosiers are starting to see it happen in real time. Over the weekend, Eli Lilly, one of, Indi one of Indiana's largest and most influential employers, announced they will, call, they will cease to expand its business here because Republicans made abortion against the law. Another top business, Cummins, said Senate Bill 1 will make them rethink future business in this state because Republicans out outlawed abortion. Lastly, the future of the Indiana Pacers, point guard Tyrese Halliburton, someone who will influence a generation of basketball players in this great state, even condemned this law because Republicans are endangering the lives of women and girls across the state. Senate Bill 1 is fiscally irresponsible. It will make Indiana's D-rated workforce and F-rated quality of life ratings even worse and it'll further plummet the state's C-rated education systems. Does this ring a bell? It should. Indiana experienced this seven years ago with Mike Pence's RIFRA. Back then, the Republicans' hatred toward the LGBTQ Hoosiers caused a $250 million economic panic. Indianapolis saw numerous conventions pull out from their community commitments. And Indiana, thanks to Republicans, became a national punchline. In fact, Indiana's brain drain is real because of, this, because of the extremist agenda pursued by Indiana's GOP supermajority. The Indiana GOP's anti-women and anti-LGBTQ policies are forcing youth out of the state. Indiana is losing out on retaining its best and its brightest. They'd rather make abortions against the law than invest in the state's workforce and quality, life, quality of life for its families. And instead, the Indiana GOP believes one-layered campaign gimmicks, like a billion-dollar surplus, will be enough to hide, from, to hide from the race to the bottom objectives of this extremist party. With Senate Bill 1, Hoosiers are no longer buying the rhetoric. They are no longer fooled. They are fed up with the Indiana GOP's big government tactics on privacy, and we will make sure voters know exactly who values their future, and it's Democrats. I'm turning it over to Indiana's next state auditor, Zanae Brooks, who can share her, pers her perspective on Senate Bill 1. Thank you. Sine. Thank you, Jessica. 
Hi everyone, I am Zanae Brooks and I am your Democratic candidate for Auditor of the State. I'm a woman of many hats, each of which has prepared me for this role, so I want to speak to you a little bit from my lens. As a pastor's wife and first lady of the New Liberty Missionary Baptist Church, my faith dictates my commitment to advocacy and empathy towards others. One party, and specifically the Republican Party, does not have a monopoly on what it means to be a person of faith. This party cannot continue to weaponize the Bible whenever it suits them best. We cannot weaponize the Bible and use it to oppress and condemn and restrict the rights of other people. We should actually be extending grace and love to those who need it most. We should also be very clear that regardless of what our belief system is, there are certain decisions that the government should not be making for us. As a 37-year-old black woman, having birthed zero kids, it's none of anyone's business why and I should not be restricted or threatened or have to consult the law regarding my health care decisions. Especially when women that look like me, black women, have a higher maternal mortality rate than anyone else. The mortality rate for black women under SB1 would also rise by 33%, which means that if I do decide to have a kid, it will be 33% more dangerous for somebody like me to give birth in the state of Indiana. As a business professional, having spent majority of my career working at CPA firms, auditing and assuring financial statements, currently managing the budget of a Fortune 200 company foundation, I seriously question the state's financial decisions and position. Having a $6.1 billion budget while the state has a D rating in workforce, an F rating in life and health, ranked C in education, and 43rd in food access, and then hosting a special session which costs almost half a million dollars to restrict women's access to health care just is not fiscally responsible. Especially when proposed amendments were brought forth to provide funding to expand maternal, mental, public health, pre-K, child care services, all which were voted down by the GOP. As a community advocate and servant leader, my experiences continue to show me the disparities that exist between government and the people that it's supposed to serve. These monies should be reinvested back into the communities to increase access to health care, food, quality education, and much more. Safe roads, clean water, all of these things. Instead, we are rolling back basic human rights to serve special interest groups, and it's just not becoming safe to be in Indiana. Lastly, as a former D1 scholarship athlete, I know what it takes to win. I know what it takes to be disciplined. I know what it takes to fight, to endure, and to not give up. This fight for equity is not over. This fight for women's rights is not over. The fight for voting rights is not over. The fight to help Indiana become the best it can to serve its residents is not over. So as your next state auditor, I will make sure communities have the resources that they need to be to and to hold agencies accountable. I will listen to what Hoosiers have to say, and I will also be a voice and advocate for them inside of this house. I will also be a voice for the people because it is disrespectful to hold a seat of power and to not use it to affect change in our communities. So now it's up to us. We have to vote for people who will actually listen and stand up against this supermajority in our state. It's up to us to keep pressing forward and to remember November. I'll turn it over to our last candidate on the statewide ticket, ladies, Destiny Wells. Thank you, Zanae. <clears throat> Thank you for being here. 
you know, I've worked in government on both sides of the aisle. I've worked in Democratic administration. I've worked in a Republican administration. I've even been a deputy attorney general under Curtis Hill, of whose views on women's reproductive freedom could not be more different than my own. And working in that office, I always felt it was just a, a campaign line. And it is so upsetting to see that it has now um, become policy in the overreach of governance. But here we are. I sat in the State House, roamed the halls for the last couple of weeks, listened to comments on the floor. I heard a lot of people crying, but they weren't just protesters. They weren't just women. They weren't just Democratic legislators. I even watched the tears of a Republican legislator, a father who felt that his voice was not being heard by his own caucus. Again, that is where we are. These past two weeks have tested the extent of which we in the Hoosier State can still call ourselves a re representative democracy. I have to say, I'm sorry to say, that we failed in that test. And it's just not Indiana. It's legislative bodies throughout the country. Runaway state legislators, excuse me, runaway state legislatures that are being held hostage to the far-right factions within their own party. The same faction I see myself running against me for Indiana Secretary of State. So will we, the people, do something? We must. Just as in Kansas, where scores of voters turned out to vote in support of pro-choice, we know that issues drive our voters out. Issues like abortion care are deeply felt by voters across Indiana. Voters who now stripped of their bodily autonomy, their right to family planning, their right to self-determination are saying enough. Voters must vote for Democrats in 2022. I will say early voting is almost less than 60 days out. But those Democrats are Democrats like me. Some may not want this prescription. Lifelong Republicans. But it is the only antidote to our current backsliding democracy that we see right here in Indiana. The path to a more equal government that is for the people, by the people. As I said, I'm running for Indiana Secretary of State. Some may ask, what does abortion care have to do with the Secretary of State's office? Make no mistake, the issues, the existential crises that we are living through this year are merely symptoms of years of partisan gerrymandering, calculated voter suppression to obscenely inflate the numbers of Republicans in power. It has caught up with the Indiana Republican Party. Those years of gerrymandering have helped to create only competitive Republican primaries, where good men and women have succumbed to peddling extreme idea ideology and policy just to win. I'm here to say that when the ballot box is being manipulated just to win, being manipulated just to retain power, that it has everything to do with running for Indiana Secretary of State. I know that Indiana is not simply another red state left behind by our nation. 
Indiana is a purple state with a voter turnout problem. We are 46th in the nation in registered voter turnout. I think because of what's been going on in the last couple weeks, and voters have been asking questions of how this came to be, that they are just now discovering that we are one of the worst in voter turnout. In 2020, when the stakes seemed existentially high, 1.6 million registered Hoosiers stayed out. They did not vote. It is up to the Secretary of State that and when we move forward, that we move forward in cultivating a pro-democracy population that participates. And that will be one of my main agendas in running for Secretary of State. Thank you, and I'm going to now turn it over to our Indiana Democratic Party Chair, Mike Schmoll. Thank you very much, Destiny. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for coming. I'm sorry I'm tardy. I ran into some bad weather on US 31, so thank you to my Vice Chair, Myla Eldridge, for covering for me for a few minutes. Um, I'll just say a few things, and then I believe I'll pass it back to, to Myla. First of all, I want to thank all the Hoosiers who came to the State House to make their voices heard over the last three weeks. The testimony was powerful, visceral, personal, and I think that Hoosiers all across our state need to listen to that testimony. Secondly, I'd like to thank our legislators, state reps and state senate, uh, mostly Democratic, but as we heard a minute ago, some Republicans who stepped forward um, to take a stand on this issue. You know, I travel around this state over the last year and a half, and one of the things I talk about a lot is, unfortunately, Indiana is at the bottom of the barrel for a lot of different rankings. We have a C minus education system. We have a D minus workforce um, right now. We have an F rated quality of life. We are the 50th state in the nation when it comes to water pollution. To me, these rankings are unacceptable. We did get first in something. And I think that it is an embarrassing distinction that we were the first state post-Roe, post-Dobbs to pass an abortion ban. We're the first in the country to do so. So my message to Hoosier voters is the following. If you are angry about this ban, vote Democratic. If you are frustrated about this supermajority and what they have done year in, year out, vote Democratic. If you are embarrassed every time these legislators meet in these halls with so much history, with so much Hoosier history, vote Democratic. You know, I believe that our future can be bright in this state. I grew up in an Indiana that was a lot more balanced and a lot more fair than the one we see right now. And what gives me hope are the candidates that are up here today. These are five extraordinary, accomplished, driven women who will serve this state well. I think it's time that we break up the good old boy network and elect some great Hoosier women to office this fall. These people up here, I will say also, for the first time in our party's history, three statewide women candidates for the offices of Secretary of State, Auditor, and Treasurer. Victoria and Jocelyn also represent State House, State Senate Caucus, some great candidates that we are fielding all across our state. These women will serve Indiana. 
they will not serve themselves. I want to live in that kind of Indiana, and I think the vast majority of Hoosiers want to, too. So thank you so much, and I am going to hand it off to Myla Eldridge to finish us up here. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I've had the privilege serving as the vice chair for Indiana Democratic Party to travel the state of Indiana. And what I learned is that there are so many Hoosiers that are not in favor of the Republican Party's extreme and out-of-touch Senate Bill 1. Democrats today shared with you the toll the Indiana GOP's extremist agenda will have on the future of the state we all love, the state we call home. But there's one more thing we must address today. Republicans know how unpopular their legislation was with voters. They know their effort to make abortions against the law goes against what their constituents want for their families. In fact, the Indiana GOP conducted their own poll ahead of this special session. They polled voters to get their thoughts on abortion, and this is what the polls told them. About 63% of Hoosiers told the Republicans they were pro-choice and wanted to keep Indiana's abortion law as is. And only 20% of Hoosiers said they wanted the state to pass a total abortion ban without any exceptions. The Republicans know the data, but just how they did with their permitless carry, they chose to ignore what voters told them. They decided to side with the extremist organizations over creating a better future for all Hoosiers. So, Democrats are asking voters to turn the tables on Republicans. We're asking them to turn out this fall and elect pro-choice politicians who will put women and little girls extreme ideology. We're asking voters to elect pro-choice leaders like the Democrats, an all-female statewide ticket who will put Indiana's economic future ahead of passing forms of extreme government overreach like Senate Bill 1. Please support great candidates like the Honorable Victoria Garcia Wilburn and the Honorable Jocelyn Vare and all the other women that are standing with me today and across Indiana. And let's make sure the Indiana GOP supermajority at the State House meets its demise for good. Thank you so much for taking time to be here. And at this time, Chairman Schmoll and all my colleagues standing with me will be more than happy to answer any questions. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.